Hey, welcome to the Citizens Advisory Podcast presented by the Citizens Advisory of Pennsylvania. I am Jess Stalnecker, Executive Director, and I'm joined by our second Vice President, Amy Carroza. Amy is also the head of our Policy and Curriculum Committee, and um, she does some pretty extensive research on our school district policies, their procedures, their curricula, and um, this is to include today's topic, which is school climate surveys. Sounds pretty harmless, um, but when we do a deep dive, there's more to it, as usual. I feel like every single topic that we're going to have on this um, podcast is the same. Like to the average parent who has not done their homework, it sounds good on the surface. And honestly, I think I was one of those parents who just wanted it to just keep sounding good. And then I didn't have to worry about it, but, um, that's not the case. Um, I guess these surveys are really not, we're going to just dive right in really not the surveys we were used to as kids were like at the end of a class, a teacher would say, Hey, can you take this survey and tell me what I can improve? Or, um, you know, what did you like about this class? What did you not like about this class? It's a little different. <laughs> so Amy, can you tell us, um, just give us a little brief overview of what our kids are, you know, taking in schools today without really par- even parents knowing. Exactly. Yeah. I think, I think schools used to use surveys to, and they were really helpful, especially for teachers and administrators, like what's working and what's not working. But then I think, um, especially since COVID, schools have realized they can get a lot of data from surveys. And the bad part about that is, is that a lot of times third parties want access to that data. And then if you combine the third parties with the the data that's collected, you get a sort of dark side of this survey. And it's, I'm going to just start with what I think are two main purposes that are now being used in schools for surveys, and that's data mining. I'll explain a little bit about that. And then using surveys to increase security tracking measures on our students. Two of the things that I think after this, you'll get an idea. They're really not something that I would think most parents would want done on their students. And these surveys are taking up a lot of time that should honestly be spent probably more in academics. These surveys, they're called different things. A lot of times they're called climate surveys, wellness checks. Sometimes they're called like equity surveys. Sometimes they're behavioral risk surveys. There's multiple types of surveys that are given. And I can guarantee some of them I know are in probably 95% of uh, PA public schools. Others are vary by school district. And you probably would just have to find out from your school exactly which surveys are being done. Right. But the ones that I want to focus on more today are the climate or wellness SEL type surveys, which is social emotional learning surveys. And they, like Jess said, they sort of sound like they're going to be good, but they are, they're collecting extensive amounts of data on the students because they're being performed on their Chromebooks. So what they're able to do is there's about a hundred questions usually per survey. Um, I can give a little bit of samples later, but they take the, the information and they build, they're able to build sort of like an SEL profile per student, a social emotional learning profile 
per student. And that is collecting the information on what the student feels about themselves, what the student feels about their other students, what the student feels about their teacher, what the student feels about their administrators, what the student feels about the school in general. And, and these social emotional profiles can follow your student literally from kindergarten through 12th grade. And then if they're sold to third parties, college, they, they, they could, yeah. they could have effects that, yeah, could do something to their admission to, to college. Like that's not unforeseeable. Yeah. So, um, that's a little bit of, of like the types of, of surveys that you, you need to look out for. Um, one of the third parties, and actually it's not even a third party. What we're seeing now is because public schools accepted the American Rescue Plan money, most of the public schools, if they did, part of the strings attached to taking that money they have to spend a certain amount of money. I think it's like 20% of their, what they received on SEL and that social, again, social emotional learning, they could spend it on the curriculum or a lot of times schools are choosing to, to spend it on companies that provide surveys because it's data collection. And one of those companies is called Panorama. And, and this is something that's being used in Pennsylvania. You can go to the Pennsylvania Department of Education, just search on Panorama, and you will find this company. This company has been rated ranked number one SEL man, measurement tool, probably because it's one of the, the only ones. Right. But it it it's partnered with Castle. Some people might have heard that name before. And it's promoted by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So if you start researching all these things, you can, you can find out a, a, a lot of other information about that. Right. They are a really big data collection company and they and and analytics and they you can go to the Panorama website and you can see samples of these social emotional profiles per student. And they're ranked by color schemes and you know they say they sell it that teachers will be able to use it so like if somebody does bad on a test one day well that's you know right now their 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 profile looks like they're not doing so hot mentally or whatever these are mental surveys yeah, they're supposed to be tools um yeah. but it it becomes a little bit more dark than that yeah i i i definitely i definitely think so um do you, I could give you, like, do you want me to give you some yes. How about example? I think it's, I think it's important because again, on the surface and, and I, and I don't expect parents to do all of the research that we do, right. That's kind of why right. we're here. Um, so, you know, I think on the surface again, like you might be asking as a parent, well, I mean, what could be wrong with, you know, a teacher understanding mentally and emotionally where my child, you know, stands in the moment, um, but as Amy was saying, first of all, you know, that data can follow them. Those profiles, those mental health profiles basically, um, can follow your child, um, well beyond their school years. And that could be detrimental. Um, and, and some of the survey questions, again, I don't even know if some of the students would understand what it would mean to answer in a certain way in some of these survey questions that I have personally seen. But we have to remember that this is going on from K to 12, right? There's different levels, obviously. Some of the, the younger kids can't read. There's different levels, but like this stuff can follow them, 
regardless of where they're at, you know, a few years from now. So yeah, I would love some sample questions. That would be yeah, awesome. Sure. And before I do that, I also want to say like the amount of surveys that these kids are taking is increasing so much that I have to wonder who is really studying the effectiveness of these surveys when I know like a lot of like middle school kids, like, especially like boys, like they're not taking their tests, their big tests seriously after, you know, and, and even the PSSAs, my kids will come home and say half their class say they just got sick of doing it and filled in every bubble under, you right. know, so are they doing that with these surveys? Because they have no idea what their answers could ultimately be doing. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So very sad because I mean, <laughs> as a former teacher, I mean, I know like kids don't always take a survey or a test seriously. And then you've got, you know, red flags popping up. All of a sudden you've got this mental health profile that does not describe you at all, no. but they're just, they're just not taking it seriously, which is such a good point. Yes. All right. Yeah. So let's hear some of these questions. And I don't, and I don't know, like, I really don't know if anybody is, is, doing studies on the effectiveness of, of surveying young kids, you know, right. like, I don't know, but I'm going to start with one that, that I'm pretty sure is in every public school uh, district in Pennsylvania. That is the PA school climate survey. And this is one that you can easily find. You can download the questions. They have separate ones for elementary school age kids, middle school and high school. You can find it on the PA.gov website, but uh, some of the, the same questions are asked for each grade level. And that's just basically like, you have to give the name of your school, you say your um, ethnicity and race, your gender, and then like what grade you're in. But then some of the other questions, they sort of segregate it to questions about your school, questions about your teachers and questions about your fellow students. Ironically, they don't ask in this survey, any questions for you to reflect on yourself on as you. a student. Okay. Mm -hmm. Right. So they ask the questions about the school. Some of them will be, do you, oh, and the answers range from strongly disagree, disagree, agree, strongly agree okay. um, for the questions about your school. So some of the questions they'll say are, do you feel students at this school are teased or picked on? Do you feel students at this school are bullied? Uh, one of the questions is, sometimes I stay home because I don't feel safe at school. Do you think students at this school are threatened? Now, what I noticed about this, when you're asking about the school, they don't, they're not asking any positive questions about the school. Right. They're right. not saying, do you feel like, um, you know, students are treated fairly? Uh, do, do you know what I mean? So yes. no matter what the response is, it's negative. And it's putting it in their heads right away, the way that they exactly. read the question, right? Words matter. Yeah. 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 Um, that's about the school. Then they'll say in the section on, they want the students to see if they strongly agree, disagree, agree, or strongly agree about other students in their school. Do you think other students really care or don't really care about each other. See, and it's not really care about each other. It's don't no. really care. Which That's is how it is. Interesting. It's slanted. It's slanted negative in every section. Yeah. Do you feel that students don't get along together well? They just look out for themselves. Stop and think. Do you think students stop and think before doing anything when they get angry? 
I mean, I don't even know how another student would know if their other students are thinking like that because right. they're not having those conversations with these people. Right. It's it, these are the these are the questions. Okay, um, here's questions about your teachers. Um, do you often connect? Do teachers often connect what you're learning to life outside of the classroom? Okay. Do you think teachers encourage students to share their ideas about things we're studying in class? Do you think your teachers really care about you? Do you think teachers will help you make up work after an excused absence? Those are the teacher questions. And then they end with questions about, do you think adults in this school are too busy to give you help? Do you think adults in this school apply the same rules to all students? Do you think adults in this school are willing to take time to give you help? Um, do you think students in this school already know the material that's being taught? Will the teacher give them more advanced assignments? I mean, I don't know how I don't know how kids would know the answers to some right, of these, but, right, right. but though those are the types of questions that are in the this survey. survey. Yes. yes. So when you don't ask a lot of positive questions and you just have varying degrees of negative, um, you can sort of form the narrative that, well, there no one's treating each other well <laughs> and right. everyone's getting bullied and everybody nobody feels safe okay right. so then enter in well we need to do something about this so right. we need more restorative justice practices for discipline we need more security measures to keep kids from um you know fighting with each other right and and that's where they're getting their data that shows kids aren't safe at school. Kids don't feel safe at school. Kids are getting bullied in school. They need the safe to say program. We need more mental health programs. All of these things, because these are the types of surveys they're basing their information, you know, decisions on. Yeah, right. that's that's the, those are the climate type surveys. Now I'm going to talk. Uh, I'll just give you some examples of the SEL type surveys because these are the things that I believe if they haven't already started, they're coming down the pike because Absolutely. the next school year is when they're going to have to be focused more on SEL because they took the ARP money and they've right. already so those factored it in. Who are, just, who are listening and who maybe listened to like our first episode, we talked about ARP money. We talked about the ESSER grant. It's E-S-S-E-R. And you can actually look it up on the Pennsylvania Department of Education website. And we actually, on our website under resources, we have a link to a highlighted copy of the entire ESSER grant um, stipulations. And you can read about this in there. Um, and some of the things that kind of were red flags to us, that was one of the first things as an organization that were lit, that was like, whoa, like what's coming. And so that alerted us to something like these surveys, which again, social emotional learning sounds great, but here's where we're going. So yeah. yeah. And remember these surveys are taking place in like every subject at your kid's school in place of, of academic time. Right. Exactly. Right. So here is an example of an SEL skill survey and competency that came from Panorama Education, which again is being promoted by the Pennsylvania Department of Education. So if your school is, is spending SEL money on surveys, it's going to be these types of surveys. And this is per student. So they're asking, um, they, they sort of frame it 
to your student that whether a person does well or poorly in school depends on a lot of different things. You may feel that some of these things are easier for you to change than others. So in school, how possible is it for you to change? And here are some examples, being talented. So they're asking kids, is it possible for you to change being talented? Is it possible for you to change giving a lot of effort? Is it possible for you to change behaving well in class? Is it possible for you to change liking the subjects you are studying? How easy do you give up? What is your level of intelligence? Is it possible to change your level of intelligence? Mm -hmm. And that's your performance in school section. And your answers range from, it's not at all possible to change, little possible to change, somewhat possible to change, quite possible to change, completely possible to change. Okay. So they're measuring how adaptable the student is, how, you know, this is where you see how they could create a social, and they are a social emotional profile per student to see right. what type of person you are. Right. Your behavior questions are, how often are you polite to adults? Almost never, once in a while, sometimes, frequently, almost all of the time. I don't know what this has to do with education. Yeah. How carefully do you listen to other people's points of view? How often are you prepared? How much do you care about other people's feelings? How often do you follow directions? How well do you get along with students that are different from you? How often did you pay attention and ignore distractions? How clearly are you able to describe your feelings? When you're working independently, how often do you stay focused? I mean, there's there's 30 more like this, but how yeah. often do you compliment others? How often are you polite to other students? Why do they need this information and right. how reliable is it? It's right. And then there were some others um, where, you know, they might not be again in your student's school now, but there's some more really kind of red flag questions that um, we wanted to bring up because you just never know. And you do need to be aware that these surveys are out there and that they're, they are being given um, and probably closer to home than you think. Um, and so I, I personally um, would love to hear some of those questions having to do with like, you know, your pronouns and what exactly that, that kind of those thing. are those typically fall under their they call them different things again depending on the school or maybe the state but they're like federally they're called national youth risk behavior surveys okay. sometimes they're just called risk and protective inventory surveys those are the questions that they'll be asked the students will be asked about their sexuality their gender identity the preferred pronouns they want. They go into a lot of times, I have a sample right here, like, have you been arrested in the last 12 months? Have you used alcohol in the last 12 months? Have you used drugs in the last 12 months? Do you know students who use drugs? Do family members use drugs? Do family members have guns in the home? Do, or have you, um, my child, let's see. Do you have good relationships with your teachers? Do you have, they mention religion too. I'm trying to find that. They, oh, they wanna know if you live in an area where there's a lot of illegal drugs and acts of violence. Yeah. Um, do you belong to a nurturing faith community? Uh, do you live in public housing? 
these are all, I mean, extremely invasive questions that quite frankly are illegal to even be asking children. Right. So, so like, what do you think they're doing with this data that they collect? Like, what do you, I mean, we know that they're trying to create these mental health and social emotional profiles. Like, I mean, honestly, in our school district, I can tell you right now that even if they got a couple like red flag answers, there's no way they could wade through that information at my district and say, okay, like you need to go talk to a guidance counselor. Like that's not happening. Like I can guarantee. And in fact, um, and I don't know if we really have time to get into it, but there's something called the Rhythm app, which was something our school put into place. But so many parents were like on top of it and said, we opt out that they just, after two weeks, it faded away. But it was especially for like the younger grades where they had to answer kind of how they were feeling that day. Um, were they tired? Were they hungry? And they answered with emojis. And so that made sense. It was like sort of their, their level, but like, so like, we kept asking as parents, you know, okay, so once you get that information, um, you know, where does it go? And like, is a guidance counselor really equipped to handle like a hundred answers that are like, would technically be like a red flag, right? We don't have, we're not equipped to be able to be a mental health hospital really. Um, so I'm just wondering what your, what your thoughts are there. Yeah. Well, in the case of like Panorama, because they are, a data collection and analytics company, they take all of the analyzing and reporting and, and you're paying for the service. So the school is paying them okay. to, they will provide the surveys, but then they, the school provides the data and they will take the data, analyze it and report back to the school in all kinds of metrics. They can do it by classroom, they can do it by grade, they can do it by ethnicity, they can do it by gender. And they provide all of these reports that are supposed to be used to help determine, you know, like maybe what, in the case of Rhythm, they, the Rhythm company was able to, to create reports per classroom so that they use the example, if you go to the Rhythm app, that if a student tests poorly uh, and it's, un, it's out of the, ordinary for that student, they would be able to look on the day they tested poorly at their rhythm, how they answered the rhythm questions. And they're trying to build a correlation between if the student just said they did a mad emoji face and they did poorly, well, they probably were having a bad day. So, right. you know, things, things like that is how, is how, sort of how they sell it. The problem is, it doesn't always just end with the company that's providing the survey because the, that company has deals with other third party and literally no one really has any idea how many times the data is or who all is collecting this this data because there's third party contracts and if you start going into looking up third party rights and contracts it, it, it's your child's data could be everywhere. Right. Uh, the best thing to do is just not provide the data for anything to be done with, basically. I mean, um, so what, I mean, are, unless you have anything to share, I mean, I think maybe we, you know, that I know it's kind of surface level, um, but we're hoping that you see as parents that like, these are just kind of more than meets the eye. And we do have to be like kind of diligent in looking at what's going on. And so as a parent, like, what can I do 
what kinds of questions can I ask my district? What can I do to make sure that my kids' data is not being collected? They're not being profiled and, you know, that they're, they're getting an education and not necessarily, you know, heading to a, a mental health institution every day. Exactly. I think the first thing is it depends on what kind of relationship you have with your, with, you know, your teachers and your students, teachers. And um, I would just try to, to find out how many surveys are going to be given, what types of surveys are going to be given. But if, in my opinion, the best option is to just really opt out. And we offer with citizens advisory and we have that opt out form that is in surveys. And the other thing that parents need to realize is we are already protected as parents that our students, our children do not have to take these surveys. Um, there are laws and protections already in place that help, like, I mean, the Supreme Court recognizes that the parents have the ultimate say. Right. And we have the, um, the PPRA, which we reference a lot in the, the student opt-out notice, because that is the um, Protection of Pupil Rights Amendment. It's also code 20 USC 1232. That's the code that you'll see in a lot of opt-out notices. Um, but it is, it was first passed in 1974. It just provides parents legal rights to review curriculum, to opt their children out of surveys. And it prevents schools from asking highly personal questions about students' sex lives, drug usage, things of that nature without parental consent. So when student, when, when, when schools are doing this, they're breaking this law. So that's it, but it's unfortunately up to parents to remind them of that because right. unless as parents, we utilize our tools that we already have in laws that we already have in place, the schools will, as we have seen, trample right over them. Mm -hmm. So, but literally without a parent's consent, schools cannot require students to answer questions about all of these things that we've already shown they're being asked about. Like political, there's, a, there's types of questions that violate this survey and it would be political beliefs or affiliations, mental problems or challenges. Mental problems or challenges could fit any of these SEO. Absolutely. Yes, they sexual, can. Yes, yeah, sexual behaviors and attitudes, illegal antisocial, antisocial, self-incriminating or demeaning behavior, all of those risk profile questions would violate this. Critical appraisals of people with close family relationships, asking if you have a convicted felon in your family, asking if you have, have someone that's ever been in prison is a violation of this. Relationships with lawyers, physicians, ministers, your religious beliefs or practices, and your income level. The questions if you live in public housing, if you've ever been on welfare, that's income level questions. They're in violation of this. So if the school wants to administer a survey that's going to violate that, they have to give you the right to review it and in plenty of time and to opt your child out of taking these surveys. So I think it's just very important that you get engaged with what what's going on in your children's school, because I can guarantee you they've, they've probably already taken at least the PA school climate survey. So um, I think, I believe it was just a couple of weeks ago that it sort of was, was pushed across the Pennsylvania schools. So if you don't already have an opt-out notice, or we also can link a letter that you can write. Um, there's yeah, we already have a template, template, right? We have a template yeah. um, that was from, I can't remember where that was from, the 
it was the parents defending education maybe? Yes, I think that's what it came from. So yes, that is a, that's a free resource, by the way, they have a really great website, parents defending education, right? That's what it's called. So you can go there, but we will link in the show notes in the description of this podcast, we will link um, our opt-out form that you could submit to your school district in the beginning of the year. Um, And also that letter from the parents defending education, um, we will uh, link that letter template so you can create it. Um, you can modify it and you can send it to your school as well. But um, I think that it's really important. And I I so appreciate all of the research that you've done. I don't think that, um, I mean, I never would have been able to do all of that, but the, the research and the information that you provided is so valuable to parents. And I just think that, you know, we oftentimes just sort of send our kids off to school and we're like, yeah, like everything will be, you know, everything's going to be just fine. And, um, they're learning all the right things and they're, you know, doing all the right things in there. And, and I, I have so much faith in my, in my kids' teachers that I don't even think that they would ever, um, you know, I don't even know if they know what the implications are. So I'm not, you know, I never want to throw teachers under the bus because I know how it is as a former educator, when you're asked to give something like you just do it and you don't necessarily even read the questions beforehand, right? This came from the state, here you go, give it to your kids. Like, okay. Right. So, um, I think it's so important to just be aware and like you said, to be engaged. So I'm so thankful, Amy, that you joined me today to explain. Thank you. I, I also want to, I should have said this too. I think it's really important, especially if you have kids that are, you know, old enough to, to read and sort of understand. So probably, you know, third, fourth grade, talk to them about the surveys because these kids, they don't understand that there's anything could potentially be wrong with surveys. And so they're not necessarily going to come home and say, I took a survey today, but because I told my kids that I don't want them taking surveys. And in fact, I think it's not a bad idea to have like laminated copies of the opt-out form in their backpack. So if they are suddenly presented with the survey and they say, I, I'm not allowed to take this and the teacher's like, Oh yeah, yeah, it's okay. They can show like, no, I, I don't, but my kids now know, and they will come home and they will say, they, I was asked to do a survey. I didn't have to, but this was the survey that it was like, if you tell your kids to be on the lookout, you'll be surprised that there's surveys that just pop up out of nowhere. In fact, we had a, a, a friend of ours that her kid was asked ridiculous political surveys yes. that absolutely or, had. Yes. Yeah. Our minds were blown. We were yes. like, this has nothing to do with education. This was, this was talk about slanted in a a direction, right? The questions were very political in nature, very slanted, even mentioned. And for eighth grade, like even mentioned political figures, right? Which was bizarre, like very bizarre. So I think it's such an important topic and um, hopefully, you know, parents can use this information um, in in a way that's, that's effective. And we, that hopefully, you know, we always want you to feel empowered as parents to be able to make good decisions for your kids. So Amy, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, we'll we'll be talking to you again, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah sure. just the beginning. We've got lots to talk about, including the rhythm app and the like. Where are we going, right? With these surveys, these surveys are what is be what are being used to bring certain things into the school to solve a problem. Yeah, which we'll talk about in another episode. But um, really important stuff, Amy. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It was my pleasure. All right. Join us next time. Bye everyone.